And then they were very encouraging, which you know gave us also the confidence that you know this is this is senior management uh, support for us, and therefore we went into the investigation without fear. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mega C Suite Stories. I'm your host Shamane Tan. Today we meet with Leong Boon Ang, the head of IT security at the National University of Singapore (NUS). Which is globally ranked as one of the top few universities. In this episode, we talk about some of the trade secrets that has helped the university matured in their security journey over the years, and explore their approach of building an effective security culture, including lessons that we can learn from the industry in responding to incidents. Enjoy. Just keen to hear from you some examples of key milestones that NUS has achieved in their security journey over the years, which really has strengthened the uni in them being in this position now where they are able to deal really well with cyber emergencies. Sure, thanks, Ramin, for inviting me to share my and our experiences. So perhaps to answer that question, let's go back quite a number of years, more than ten years back, when Cybersecurity wasn't really a thing uh, mm. globally, and it was more of reacting to various incidents that might occur in an organization. For example, you know you might have a malware infection that um, could lead to a worm spreading through your network. So you know things like that actually require immediate response. And that was where NUS back then formed our Computer Emergency Rescue Team, or CERT. So we were mm. one of Singapore's first CERTs. And wow. uh, as the name suggests, the main task was to do incident response. And uh, in a university, especially, I would think that there are many in incidents that we will need to handle, whether it's internally from perhaps mischievous students, right, uh, to external hackers uh, trying to breach our network. So with that as the foundation, it has actually created a very uh, strong team because I would think that incident response, in a way, creates a lot of background information right, for work to be done uh, in areas of cybersecurity, because most of the time we are reacting to breaches, right? Of course, these days we are also talking about detection and also prevention and, and uh, in a timely manner. But at the end of it, it is all about the attacks that we need to handle. So I think that is the main reason why uh, the team has remained very strong because of our contact with various kinds of incidents that we have handled uh, since you know uh, more than 10 years ago and actually quite a number of uh, the team members right now uh, including myself we started out doing incident response and of course now we have uh, branched off to other areas of work you guys have moved on you have matured as a university as an organization what are the key things that you would say is really important that you're focusing on right now? Right. So maybe to just dial back a little bit also um, in 2017, NUS 
along with uh, other local universities, suffered from one of the largest uh, security breaches in Singapore. Of course, nothing compared to Sing Health, but uh, it was really quite big then. And mm. the threat actor that we are talking about here is um, one of the those from the nation state sponsored attackers. Right. So since then, right, we have actually put in so much more controls uh, because we experienced firsthand what it was like to be attacked and breached by an attacker of such sophistication. Mm. Um, and I was I would say that a lot of the efforts that we have put in since then revolves around uh, capabilities that enable us to detect threats in a timely fashion. So, you know, comparing and contrasting to what I mentioned before, where we were doing a lot of incident response, I would say that that is more of a reaction because you are reacting to the incidents only after they have happened or only after they have been reported. Yeah. So from there, we are now moving on to a more proactive or even predictive uh, kind of approach where mm -hmm. we use various technologies to help us detect these threats even before um, they escalate. So, so part of what we are actually focusing on right now is to actually leverage a lot on cyber threat intelligence because that gives us an added uh, layer of visibility over who might be attacking us and uh, you know the different kinds of TTPs that they could be using. That that's really good. It shows that you know you have taken the with hindsight things that have happened in the past, and then you're using that to give you insight now and a foresight that helps you actually plan for the future. You know you talked about the breach that happened. I mean, would you say that that was one of the major trigger points that changed the awareness and security culture within the uni? Yes, I would think that that really had a big part to play. But, you know, actually prior to that, we have mm. always realized the importance of people as uh, we've already heard so many times, right? Humans are mm. the weakest link and we are susceptible to social engineering attacks, um, maybe much more so than even uh, attacks that come in via our machines. So that's it. We have been investing a lot in security awareness training. You know, we were one of the first to do our own fishing drills. Mm. Maybe five or even six years ago before these wow. fishing drill platforms <laughs> yeah, started to be popular. So we have, we have been doing that. But I would say that the incident actually created a kind of culture change that was across uh, our entire organization. And the reason is because through that one incident, right, everyone realized what it was like to fight a real battle out there. Mm. And can uh, you share what, what kind of impact? Like how, like we can give a bit of a walk through what actually happened on that day and what kind of consequences there were. Right. 
without revealing too much, right? I would say that that was the first time we actually had a full blown, full scale war room mm. where we lived and ate <laughs> and literally in that room for two weeks or more. Wow. So so that 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 was actually the first time where our different colleagues in IT sat with us in that room to to together resolve issues, investigate, um, find root causes. And through that, right, I'm sure it was an experience that all of them remembered. Probably they don't want to relive that. Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, in, in a way, they started to see security through our lens. You know, many times we see that there is a disconnect between different IT functions when it comes to cybersecurity. Because um, say for our infrastructure colleagues, availability will be something that you know they are most concerned with. And um, that is something that it's always on their minds. But through the incidents, right, we have realized that our colleagues now also uh, view security as a very important aspect. And mm. they have started to integrate security as part of their entire implementation during their project, uh, right down from the foundation stage where they are actually doing their planning. So this is something that I feel would only have been possible if you were part of the experience of being in that war room, right? Because if you were part of that war room, then you would not want to <laughs> relive that. And how would you not want to relive that? that? That is to get all of your systems as secure as possible right from the start. And even then, mm -hmm. as an ongoing process, uh, you want to keep your systems patched. And um, that is not something that you do as an afterthought, but something yeah. that you actively put uh, in, in front of you so that you know that this is a situation that you want to avoid. So I think that was a very powerful uh, incident that created a lot of positivity in the organization as a result. Wow, I, I love that how, you know, it's about taking something that was originally, you know, meant for like a negative impact, but it's about the lens that you, you guys have, taking it, turning it into something positive, taking them through the journey as well and, and ensuring that this doesn't happen again, right? Like you are best positioned to, to fight this moving yeah. forward. So. Yes, I'll just like to add a point that, you know, during this, um, that incident, senior management was also actively involved and it was great that they did not, you know, point any fingers at that moment, mm -hmm. and or even after that, um, oh, wow. they were they were really supportive in the sense that they they wanted to find out what's wrong. They wanted to resolve the issues there and then, and mm -hmm. then they were very encouraging, which you know gave us also the confidence that you know this is this is senior management uh, support for us, and mm -hmm. therefore we went into the investigation without fear. It's kind of different when you know you have someone breathing down your neck, uh, asking you all these questions and pointing fingers, yeah. right? As opposed to and someone... a lot of pressure that's yeah, unnecessary, right? <laughs> because you're yeah, already which... in a pressure cooker situation. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that that really flows down, right? Because it's mm -hmm. a top-down effect. And if um, senior management is supportive of cybersecurity as 
an initiative that drives the entire university, then that will result in um, the staff and even the students feeling that you know cybersecurity is actually part of me, not just a pure function of the IT team or even the security team within IT. They would feel that I have a responsibility towards uh, cybersecurity because you know this is what the entire university's culture has been set up to be. Mm, I love that. And actually this leads in very nicely to uh, the next question that I wanted to ask you. If you can give a walkthrough of like the steps in how the team actually has been intentional in building an effective security culture within a university that has led to this cyber savvy generation of youths. And, and it's not just stopping at the youths, but actually, you know, transcends into the families. Sure. Um, I, I guess, again, it boils down to the culture that you want to you want to set an influence, right? So starting from senior management, they have actually, like I've mentioned, created this culture where cybersecurity is one very important pillar that supports the entire university. So with that, we have various um, security awareness programs um, mm. that drive this. We do this uh, via face-to-face -face sessions, and uh, we also have talks, and we have roadshows, uh, even mm -hmm. fairs, uh, where we engage our students and our staff, and to let them understand, you know, um, later cybersecurity threats, trends, and what they should be looking out for. Uh, that's it, you know. Perhaps I'll let you in on a little. Uh, sneak peek on uh, what we are actually up to i'm okay. sure you have i'm sure you have heard of uh, escape room right mm, yes so so we have actually uh, collaborated with one of the famous escape room architects in singapore to develop oh. a large scale cybersecurity themed escape room based in our campus so wow. as, as part of this escape room, of course, you know, as the name suggests, um, you are supposed to be going around solving puzzles um, to reach the final destination and then, you know, complete a mission. Uh, and unlike a, a real escape room where you have to escape out of the room, right? In this case, it's more of a large scale uh, venture. Um, not, not unlike some of those that has been done in Singapore, uh, where you know there was one that was done in the National Gallery. Mm -hmm. So um, not that you are trying to escape the gallery in this case, but you know you go around collecting clues. So we have actually been planning for that and we find that it's it's going to be another dimension of creating mm -hmm. uh, security awareness because this is a little of gamification and yet at the same time, um, you know, uh, putting another spin to how we can actually advocate cybersecurity awareness. Mm. So the, um, the unfortunate thing is that, of course, now with uh, the COVID, right, we are unable to launch the escape room at full scale, but it's actually all ready and done. And, you know, we really can't wait um, when the situation really gets better that we can start to get all of our staff and students 
involved mm. in this. Wow, that sounds really fun to be honest. And it's brilliant that NUS is um, championing this because you know, at the end of the day, you guys embody studying, education, and it's about thinking of how do you bring across that learning in a way that's effective, in a way that people would enjoy the whole process. Yeah. Um, and talk about it. Just, just like to add another point. So yeah. on, on one hand, that is more for, for the general staff and students, right? We have also embarked on a bug bounty program and mm. it's coming into the third year this year. Okay. So for the first year of our bug bounty, we actually opened it only to students and the second year we opened it to staff and students, uh, both of which had quite uh, good success with uh, thousands of dollars of uh, bounties being paid out. So wow. why we chose to do this and being the first university in Singapore to do it also is yeah. that we feel that um, it should be a forward-looking kind of mentality that we want to adopt, that we are not afraid to put our applications out there for mm. our staff and students um, to test for bugs. Uh, because wow, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, if if our staff and students can find the bugs naturally, it would mean that hackers could also find them, and naturally, we want our you know staff and students to be looking for them and to disclose them to us rather than you know having someone actually exploiting these vulnerabilities. So, mm -hmm. so we, we, with that, right, we are seeing more applications coming on board, and uh, back to where. I spoke about our senior management being very supportive. It's also through their blessing that we managed to do this because in a way, when you start on a bug bounty program, people are actually reluctant to volunteer their applications, right? Because they say that, you know, why, why would I want people to be uh, poking at my applications to look for bugs? I, I, I don't want that. But because of the support that senior management has given us, right? Um, the number of applications which have come on board for this have been increasing through the years and uh, we see that you know that's that's really something positive yeah that's quite um modern you know in <laughs> in the way of thinking and approach so far companies that i've seen that has embraced this bug bounty programs are the you know bigger companies the tech giants the silicon valley companies that are daring to go down this route because there's a lot of uh, components to it but at the same time it does bring across a strong message so it's really interesting that um, NUS has been doing this. And you mentioned this is uh, the third year. Yep, yeah, correct. In fact, last year when we when we did the program, right, we actually got some feedback from previous years that our students and staff actually would like to have a crash course in uh, penetration testing because some of them <laughs> some of them feel that you know they are interested but they don't know where to start. So in fact, that was what we what we actually got uh, an external vendor to come in to do a series of uh, pen penetration testing workshops for our staff and students so that in a way you know even though they might not be professional hackers <laughs> uh, yeah. white hackers in this case but you know they still uh, got their feet wet and they tried so so that was something that you know we thought that pushes uh, cyber security from another angle um, yeah. Like what you have mentioned, right? How do we create the new generation uh, of youth who are savvy in cybersecurity? So we mm. thought that this was one of the ways uh, which we could actually help to do that. 
Yeah, I love that. And the fact that it's not restricted to, for example, you know, the traditional routes of like computer engineering or info security students, but it's open to anyone who's interested, yes. even including the teachers themselves. So we yeah. had quite quite a good number of signups from both, you know, the students and the staff, even staff from our administration cluster. Uh, oh, that nice. means for the non-teaching staff. Mm. Wow, so that is that is really interesting because um that definitely creates a hype within the whole uni and people all know about it, all talk about it, and and that's a interesting way to create that sort of culture of awareness already through yes. this whole process. So I'm very curious because you guys have done it really really well, and it's not something that happened overnight. It took years. And you're focused on different things to mature the university in the whole process. So I'm just wondering from the very beginning, because you are now in this dream or ideal state, whereas there's a lot of other, even not just other universities, but companies from other sectors as well, they are trying to get support from senior management. They're trying to raise awareness as well within the whole company, right? And they're struggling with that. So if you were to think back, you know, what happened 10 years ago, like... What was the key message that your team focused on that you all really kept drilling down on it to raise awareness within the management so that they are at this stage now where they're really supportive? Right, right. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I personally believe that cybersecurity is something that is not just a technical uh, subject or element. There is so much more than that revolving around the business, revolving around the human element. Mm. And in order to capture the right attention from you know, our business counterparts, from senior management, then it's important to engage them on that level where they will be able to appreciate cybersecurity from that angle rather than you telling them that, oh, look, you know, there are all of these different technical controls that need to be implemented. Mm -hmm. They will not be able to appreciate things like that. But if you were to go to them and explain to them what would happen to the business, what would happen to the university's reputation, for example, if an incident were to occur, how the incident could occur in our environment, that really helps them to understand, you know, the threats uh, and the risks behind mm -hmm. cybersecurity. So that has been our approach all this while. Rather than going in from a very, very uh, hardcore technical level, right, uh, we have been engaging them on all these uh, other aspects which I just mentioned. So that, mm -hmm. that really has helped. And uh, by letting them understand these threats um, on their level, they would then be able to give their inputs, you know, and their advice or even support our efforts whenever we require, you know, their blessings or... Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so good. I mean, like, you know, it's funny because people talk a lot about it, right? It's a human element, right? And it's not just an IT thing. It's not just about technology. But there are not that many companies that can tell the story of how they have actually been able to do that successfully. And it's really good and encouraging to hear, you know, NUS, a uni that I really respect a lot, you know, actually gone through the whole journey, but you all have evolved over the years and you all have executed cybersecurity as a strategy, as an awareness campaign, as a culture very effectively. So I think before I end off this episode, maybe if you can just share and end off with a key lesson that you can impart to the rest about a cyber crisis that has been handled really well by the industry that has helped them recover well. 
you know, the incident that comes to mind over here would be our recent solar winds breach, which actually had a lot, a lot of collateral damage because it was a supply chain attack after all. Mm-hmm. So companies like, you know, Microsoft, Cisco, FireEye, they were all affected in a way. Um, now, perhaps what I would think that is very, very well handled is the way FireEye handled that incident. They were, of course, the first to hit, right? Because FireEye was actually the first to announce that they were breached even before the solar winds thing came about. And, and then they announced that uh, solar winds was actually you know, the root cause of what, what caused their own breach. Now, yeah. why I would say that that is a great example is because of the transparency that they have provided um, along the entire investigation. They have, uh, you know, right from the onset when the incident was discovered and it was announced, um, the tools that were stolen as a result of the breach were immediately released um, mm. as open source tools that enabled um, their users or even non-FireEye uh, customers, right, to have a plan around the remediation efforts if required. And, and then they went on, you know, to do a very effective uh, incident response process and discovering the third party breached in uh, solar winds, which then, uh, of course, led to many, many other discoveries along the way. Mm. Uh, the, the, the speed at which they announced these uh, findings as they found them was actually uh, very admirable. Mm. So, so I thought that that was really well handled by, by them. Mm, that's interesting because everyone knows about solar winds and it originally when that happened there's a lot of negative association you know that's tied with the name because of course it's been breached and so many other companies were affected as a result but now when some time has passed and then when we look back and then you know when you ask about a positive story that you can share about how a company has handled it well you actually highlighted like fire eye and seem to be retained in your memory more? Yeah, um, you know, because FireEye, after all, is also an incident response company, right? And yeah. they, they deal with uh, investigations like that, large-scale ones all the time. Um, they could jolly well have kept all the information for themselves and their customers only, and, mm. only, and only chose to review um, the bare minimum. But I think in all of their reports, right, they were really comprehensive that allowed uh, various organizations around the world to, to do uh, the necessary to detect whether they have been one of the victims amongst, you know, other things. Mm. The fact that they're doing this shows that you really have the whole industry and the whole ecosystem in their perspective because it's about helping by sharing all this information. Uh, but you've hit uh, the nail on the head because at the end of the day, our industry is it's our industry. We have to work together. We have to collaborate. We have to share information. So, yes. yeah, really appreciate you for highlighting all of that. And, and not just that, you know, even the story and, and just your openness about sharing with us about how NUS has gone through the whole journey. And you didn't shy away from going into the details. Um, and I feel like 
your openness itself is going to help a lot of people. And I really enjoyed hearing you share and, and talk through all of this. So I just want to thank you again, Leong Boon, for your time. And yeah, excited to see what's next for you guys. Yeah, well, you're welcome, Jamin. Uh, I was glad to share all of these too. Like you say, right, uh, it's, it's really about a community effort now rather than an individual. And it, it begins from a single person um, to, you know, your family, and then it goes on to your companies and within the companies, um, the different units, and then moving across from the different um, companies in the same industry. And, and then, of course, globally, we are all fighting the same war in a way. Um, the, the threat actors, they have uh, you know, infinite resources, I would say, at this point in time, um, being, you know, cyber syndicates or nation state sponsored. So in a way, if we do not band together, uh, they would naturally be able to defeat us. Ultimately, cybersecurity is about a human versus a human. It's not a human versus a machine. So with that, there is going to be a continual evolution as, you know, uh, the police and thief game that we are so familiar with. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very similar to that. And mm-hmm. therefore, you know, we all need to come together to fight yeah. the common enemy. Very well said. Thank you once again for all of that, Leong Boon. Thanks, Shami.